Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 14, Lesson 15. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli ala, Allahumma salli wa sallim barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya rabbil kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You can't hear this or what? No? Okay. Is this working or not? Can you hear? Yeah. Okay, so um, today, inshallah, the intention is to complete the chapter of the Adhan and the Iqama. Um, yeah, that's, that's my intention. We spent last couple of lessons, or the last lesson, last week's lesson, we spoke quite a bit about the adhkar that uh, should um, be said within the Adhan. Um, and I kind of almost touched upon what is going to be said after the Adhan. There is one question... Uh, one thing that I do want to uh, start with is uh, the issue of a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Man qalahin nida." Whoever says when they hear the call, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah." So whoever says when they hear the call, meaning the mu'addin, say in the adhan, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah He then says in this narration of Muslim, Raditu billahi rabba wa bil-islami deena wa bi-muhammadin rasoola ghufira lahu dhambah Okay, so whoever says that I am pleased with Allah is my Lord and with uh, Islam as my religion and with Muhammad as my messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam or with Muhammad as a messenger then his sins will be forgiven and this is a huge hadith and uh, I hope that uh, we practice that the confusion comes on um, where do you exactly say that alright because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that whenever you hear the mu'addin or whenever you hear the nida the call say ashhadu an la ilaha illallah so that gives a few options um, And the ulama they differed over this um, Linguistically Even though the scholars didn't really back this position But linguistically This could mean that you make this dua رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِمُحَمَّدْ رَسُولًا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِدِينَ Okay um, That you can say this particular dua After every single one So you say it four times So after أَشْهَدُ أَلَّا إِلَّهِ اللَّهِ You would say and so on and then he says ashhadu an la ilaha illallah and then you would say it again as well and then he says ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah you would say radiyatu billahi rabba and so on. linguistically this fits what the hadith actually says but the scholars didn't back this and also it's a lot to say in a very short period of time because if you remember also there are other narrations um, of this hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um added wa ana ashhadu an la ilaha illallah وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ رَدِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ رَسُولًا وَالْإِسْلَامِ دِينَا So there's an addition. There's also other hadith which cuts it down where the Prophet ﷺ said وَأَنَا وَأَنَا 
and me as well, and me as well. Okay, so how do you combine all of these hadith and find out actually when to say it? Like I said, linguistically, you could say it four times, and that's a lot. Then you have a, a group of the ulama, they said that no, this saying anything in the middle of the adhan will contradict other hadith, so therefore this has to be said after the adhan. Because as the Prophet ﷺ said, Say that which the Mu'addin says, which, uh, and they understood that to be therefore meaning that nothing else is said. And therefore, that's why even those scholars said, when the Mu'addin says, La hawla, when the Mu'addin says, Hay ala salah, hay ala salah, and uh, we would not say, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, because they would say that is contradicted by the hadith, which is stronger, that one person should only repeat after the Mu'addin also, uh, and you know what uh, different scholars and I, I covered the different opinions and we believe that the strongest position is indeed to say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and that is the strongest position um, uh, so these scholars they said that because the Prophet ﷺ said say what the Mu'addin says then this dua is said after the adhan after the adhan once the Mu'addin is finished then you say raditu billahi rabba wa bi muhammad rasul bil islam deena okay um, and the third position is that you say it after he says it, after the Mu'addin says it. But that's also the first position. But in the first position, we said that he will say it directly after each single time that he says, Ashhadu, 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 Ashhadu. Right? That's four times. Uh, Shaykh uh, Uthameen, alayhi uh, rahmatullah, and Shaykh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, um, after their study of this hadith, and this is the class position, this is what I want you guys to go away with today, is that it's only said once, only to be said once, and it's to be said after the shahadatain. So once the uh, mu'addin has actually finished from saying, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah, Ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah, then you say, wa ana, wa ana, raditu billahi rabba, wa bi Muhammad nabi, wa bi Muhammad rasulullah, wa bi islam dina. That's when you say it. Or you say, wa ana ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammad rasulullah, and then you say, wa raditu billahi rabba. And I just want to say that, you'll see that I keep uh, uh, mixing up different uh, uh, versions. This hadith of raditu billahi rabba has been narrated in a number of different versions. And so in some of them, it is wa bi Muhammad nabiya, as opposed to, Muhammad Rasulah and they're also differing orders meaning that sometimes Islam is brought forward to the middle and Muhammad Rasulah is last and Muhammad Rasulah is second and Islam is last and that also raises an interesting question is it permissible in dua to change order okay there are some ulama that say that when you make dua you're not allowed to change order for example if a phrase is is uh, uh, for example the Prophet Sallallahu mentions many adhkar and dua is it tawqifi, the dua? Is it a matter where you have to recite that specific dua in that specific order? This is a difficult issue, frankly, because the, as you can see, definitely a safer position is to only stick to what it is. And that's obvious, makes sense. And that's what we do in principle. However, the answer to this is that if there is an indication in that narration or other narrations that the order is not obligatory, then there is ease in the matter. So for example, we have a number of dua. Uh, or ad'iya, plural, where we have the same du'a said in different hadith in different order, which is a proof that therefore what's more important there is the du'a itself and not the order that the things are mentioned. And you'll often find that in lists. And then in other hadith, you have other examples where in the actual statement of the Prophet ﷺ, he will even say, for example, in the hadith of the adhkar of Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, wa la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, uh, yani start with whatever one you wish. 
That's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ specifically in the talking about the excellence of adhkar, and he says, say alhamdulillah, say subhanallah, say this, say that. And in whatever you want to start with, start with that. So that shows that there's laxity in it. So inshallah, it is permissible to uh, move the order of deen and Islam from one way to the other. So in conclusion, on this point here, it is a sunnah, it is mustahab to follow after the mu'adhin. And therefore, by the way, to also combine with the other hadith that we know, when the mu'adhin says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, you will actually say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Or you can say, wa'ana, wa'ana. All the way through, when he says the four. And then after the four have finished, yes, before he says, Hayya ala salah, now you have your opportunity to say, Raditu billahi rabba, wa bi Muhammad rasoola, wa bil islami deena. That's your opportunity to say it. If you add, وَأَنَا وَأَنَا or, or you add وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ اللَّهِ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ There's also يعني الأمر في سعر يعني it's, it's okay to do that It's that clear? And, and I'm saying we need to do this because the Prophet ﷺ put a huge reward for a very simple action He said his sins will be forgiven for just saying this and, and that's because the statement itself has a huge meaning وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَعْلَمْ Okay So um, today we want to concentrate on the very last sentence then of this particular uh, section. The next section then is not far away, alhamdulillah. It is the conditions of the prayer itself. Alright, Bab Shurut Salah, which will start next week, bi'ithnillah. So today, um, the, uh, in the Arabic, the uh, uh, author, he says, and the last thing that is mustahab that he says, وَقَوْلُهُ بَعْدَ فَرَاغِهِ اللَّهُمَ رَبَّ هَذِهِ الدَّعْوَةِ التَّامَّةِ and that is the end in the Arabic and in the English uh, Zafar say after the Mu'addin finishes O oh Allah Lord of this perfect call O oh Allah Lord of this perfect call and this present prayer and this present prayer Give Muhammad the highest level in paradise. Give Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Remember everybody, whenever you hear his name, you say sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is a right upon him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Um, give Muhammad... What? Alayhi wa sallam. The highest well level in paradise. The al-wasila. Okay, so this is, a tra- this is really, really difficult. I think I mentioned this to you guys before. One of the most difficult things is to explain, explain even in Arabic, forget about giving translations in English. It's like virtually impossible. I'm just kind of, literally it's theosaurus time and look for synonyms of the same word, yeah? It's, it's that difficult, right? So, uh, al-wasila, we translated as, give him that? Highest level in paradise. Give him the highest level in paradise, okay. Wal-fadila? And a unique status with you. You can see, Yani, you know, it's not exactly different, right? But a unique status with you, Okay. And allow him throughout to take his praise position. And allow him throughout to take his praised position, okay? That you have promised him. That you have promised him. Okay? That you have promised him. Now, Sheikh Uthameen goes into some discussion about this. And I think it's nice that we learn some of the meanings, some of the implications, and some of the benefits of this uh, dua. Um, The first thing, of course, is... Uh, just a, 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 a point on the humbly kind of side of this. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen makes a point and says that the author himself, in this section, he's only really restricted himself to a few things. 
Okay, because there are more du'a to be made, and I just told you about that. So, for example, he didn't want to mention that. And there's also a bigger thing coming, a bigger thing coming, which I will, put, I will post on social media a translation of later. But the Prophet ﷺ said, and I'll, we'll come to the hadith later as well, that whoever makes an adhan, makes a du'a between the adhan and the iqamah, it will not be rejected. In the other hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that there are two things that are not rejected. The du'a made between uh, the adhan and iqamah, and the du'a made in the time of the fight, yani when the enemies meet. Uh, another hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu the, the companions came to, one of the companions came to the Prophet Sallallahu and he said, man, yani the mu'adhineen, they took all the ajr, yani. you know, they cleaned up. <laughs> what, what did we get left with? And so the Prophet Sallallahu said, then say what they say, and then, sal Ask for whatever you want, you'll be given. Yani that's like your your compensation. Ask and you'll be given whatever you wish. Yani it's a dua open, open. It's very and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, inshallah. So obviously these dua and adhkar is not been mentioned here. And that again goes back to the point of this is a media, intermediate humbly text. It's not covering every dhikr and, and hadith and everything. That's our job, isn't it? If we want to add it in. And he's keeping it short. This is this is a text which is meant to be memorized. And you can't yani, memorize something of important legal matter if you're memorizing all of the adhkar as well, which is found to be easily found in hadith. And I just want to mention as well that there's very little difficulty in dhikr. Right? It's very straightforward. There's dhikr, you memorize it, that's it, khalas. The, the, this, job, this book, its job is to teach you law and make you understand you know, the rights and wrongs. And so it needs to spend more time on that, more focus on that. Okay? So Sheikh Uthameen just mentions that. Has, this is a bit of a summary. Um... Uh, this is very sorry. Okay. Um, so, Allahumma Rabba Hadihi Da'wati Tamma. A Da'wa at Tamma. This complete call. Which complete call? What do you think? Which, what do you think? The Adhan. Okay, good. We know that the Da'wa is a call. Yes, and so that is the, the call of the Adhan, calling the people. And the Prophet called it a Tamma, complete. And that's because this is. A call, a dhikr, an ibadah, which combines between the magnificence or the, the majesty of Allah, ta'zim, yani of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa tawheedihi, wa shahada, bir risala, wa da'wa ilal khair. Yani, if you look at the three kind of components of this, of this adhan, it's about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, making ta'zim of him, so magnifying him, exalting him, Allahu Akbar. And then, yani, coming with the aqidah and the tawheed, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. And so the tawheed is done. Then you are establishing the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam's role as a as a messenger, affirming it of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And then you're calling to good. So you have the the uh, the tasbih, you have the aqidah, and then you have the action upon it as well. And so therefore, it's a complete call in a very few phrases. Allahumma Rabba, Allahumma di Allah, and this is of course a um, Allahumma is the same as saying Ya Allah in the Arabic language, as Sheikh Uthameen says that this is al munadiyani. It is when you call upon someone, Allahumma ya yeah, uh, uh, call upon Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, where the Ya has been taken out, and therefore it is has been uh, recovered, uh, has been replaced with the Meem. Okay, Allahu Ya. Okay, it's Allahu Ya, Ya Allah. And what happens is that the Allah stays and the meme then comes in and it replace, replaces the Ya Nida. So it becomes Allah Humma. Now, Rab 
here is an important uh, point because Rab we all know to mean Lord, right? Yes, but Lord, um, uh, 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 when someone is the owner of something, um, and they're the Lord as well. So there's a difference between the two, like Malik and Malik, right? So here, Rab is being used in the in the meaning of owner. So this call. He is the owner of this call, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you might think that you're repeating Allah's name twice. Because we say, well, we say, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. Rabb is Allah. Allah is our Rabb. Okay? Rabbun Allah, as Allah says in the Quran. Right? So, it's like, why are we saying Allah, Allah? Well, we're not. Here, the Rabb is being used in a technical meaning as the one who is, you are the one. Oh Allah, you are owner of the call. You are the one who sent this call to us. You are the one who has given this to us. It's yours. So it's you know it best. You've given it to us. And using this, we're just following what the Prophet ﷺ asked us to do. Remember, don't forget what we're doing here. Right? Remember the hadith that I told you about last week. The Prophet ﷺ said that there is a position. There is a position in Jannah. That I know that no other person, single person will ever reach. No person will ever get to. It is called Al-Wasila. And I pray that I am that single person that will actually reach that position. <laughs> so I want you to help me get it. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me, Al-Wasila. And therefore say, and then the Prophet sallallahu then said, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wati tama. And then he said that whoever says this, asking this for me, then they will be given my shafa'ah. Okay? On Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Now, they will be granted my shafa'ah. The famous hadith of Sahih Muslim, it says halat, yani, meaning, now the word halat comes from halal, or it means that it will happen, it will open, it will happen. But I just want you to know that, uh, and this is really interesting, if you were to read this hadith, it kind of like says that the shafa'ah is a side thing. You, you, you know, if I said to you shafa'ah will, will be permissible for you, you're not going to get motivated by that, right? Does that make sense? If I say make this dua, and shafa'ah will become permissible for you. You're like, okay, right? You want to know that I'm going to get it, or there's a good chance, or it's yani, oblig- obligatory now that it's going to be given to me. It's my right now. And alhamdulillah, we know that the word here is to be turned into obligated because we have other hadith where this word has been uh, changed for wajabat. Okay, so that it has been made obligatory in other narrations. So we also understand this meaning here to be obligatory. So whoever makes this dua, then it becomes obligatory that this person will receive the shafa'ah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shaykh Uthameen says that why, are, why, did, why then is the next point talking about the salah? And the salah which is about to be established. Yani al-qa'imah. Now qa'imah is interesting because it means that the prayer which has been done, or the established prayer. But it actually means the one that's about to be prayed. And Shaykh Al-Dameen says that this is what you're you're here for. Your mind is busy with this. This is the the reason you came to the masjid. This is the reason that you're here actually early, hearing the adhan, you've responded. And now that's the most important thing for you. And of course, the value of the prayer compared to the adhan is not non-comparable. Yani the, the, the prayer is something from oblig- obligations. The adhan is a farqifaya and a jama'ah. It's only sunnah upon the individual. It's only sunnah to respond to. So there's no comparison between the two. But yani the prayer here is the key, is the gold. And that is what your mind is going to be busy with. And so we in our dua, 
in our dua, in praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are making sure that we, we, we say to him, not only is this perfect call yours, but the most important thing that we're here for, which is the prayer itself. Okay? Ati Muhammadin al-Wasila wal-Fadila. Ati bimana bimana yani urti. Okay? Ati is a Arabic phrase which is a command. Give. Give to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi when he described exactly what wasila is, he said, and I'm going to read the hadith in Arabic, and then again, that I, I told you this already, but just to make, make sure that we cross all the, uh, the you know, all the, all the, all the boxes. Wal-wasila darajatun fil jannah. لا ينبغي أن تكون إلا لعبد من عباد الله وأرجو أن أكون أنه. The Prophet ﷺ said that wasila is a status in paradise, a daraja, a status in Jannah, and it will not be and it will not be given to any single person except, and Subhanallah, a slave from the slaves of Allah. You know Subhanallah the way that he described this position. Yep, this this yani is given to a slave. He didn't yani say that it's a position, and you know it's like. Um, I think the point is clear. He could have. He knows what he's going to say next because he says, "I hope, Arju, I really hope that I am going. I am going to be that person." All right. Now, just wait. Think about this for a second from a language point of view. You're saying what you're saying, and you know what you're going to say next, right? So you don't need to put yourself down. Because you know what you're going to say next. Yani what you're about to say and describe that person who's going to get it, you could use many phrases. You could say the, the fortunate one, the blessed one, the master of them, the messenger, whatever. He's clearly hoping that it's going to be him. right? He has all of the opportunity to describe himself with all of the phrases that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses for him, that we use for him, anything. Yet the Prophet sallallahu as was his want, as was his way always describes himself very simply as a slave. Always. Always, always, always. So he said that that has been, yani, it will not be given to anyone except for an, I mean, a slave, and nakira here, yani, is again, you know, again, if you, again, the Arabic is so clear, but in English it's difficult to say. You know, if it was to say, the slave, then it's like, you know, I'm the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani, the special one and only one. He said that it will be given li'abdin min ibadillah. It will be given to a slave, a miskin slave from the many slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope that I am going to be, and not even I am going to be, or I will be. I hope that I am going to be from that person. And on that point, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give the Prophet al-wasila wal-fadila Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Um, Sheikh Uthameen, he says, as for the fadila, which is, yani the second phrase which has been used, فَهِيَ الْمَنْقَبَةَ الْعَالِيَةَ الَّتِي لَا يُشَارِكُهُ فِيهَا أَحَدٍ I mean, you know, he says that it is a, um, a, a special status that none will share with him. Now, here's the problem. Okay, what did I say? I was just trying to think, how can I say the first sentence again by, you know, uh, again, but using different phrases. So I said, 
give Muhammad the highest level in paradise and a unique status with you. Okay, so the way that we, the way that, in fact, the way generally the scholars kind of make that wheel of the second part, all right, is by the theory by the theory that someone who has the highest place in paradise, the highest place in paradise, is not necessarily the one who is closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or not necessarily the most special with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does that make sense? Okay? Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Okay? We know that anyone who's going to get the highest place in paradise is going to be the greatest of all people. صح? But let's assume there's a non-Muslim, and we're playing the game of logic. Yeah? And... If they're going to be saying logically, they'll say, okay, that's the highest place in paradise, but what does that actually mean? You know, for example, if I was just to play the logical game, okay, or the, you know, fluff around with philosophy, Jibreel alayhi salam is the one who is closest to the, closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? He's the one who receives the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and was given to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Yes? Yes or no? Did that happen before Isra al-Mi'raj? Yes or no? Did Jibreel alayhi salam get revelation from Allah before Isra al-Mi'raj? So therefore, was he closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam before Isra al-Mi'raj? Yes. And then on Isra al-Mi'raj, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam, when they went and ascended and they met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then when they came to the Sidrat al-Muntaha, the low tree, Jibreel alayhi salam said, well, that's me out, yani, you know, I'm, I, I can't go past this, that's it, I'm done. And the Prophet ﷺ, of course, went forward. And he met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, and he described it in hadith sahih as the greatest night of his life, the greatest experience that he ever saw. And he met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, as you know, the companions after him, they differed whether he ﷺ actually uh, saw Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a, a, a discussion of, of difference of opinion. Um, and whether he saw him or not, what's clear is that he went somewhere that's never, you know, whatever. Now, my point is, is that, is that, is the Prophet ﷺ at the beginning of his bath, at the beginning of his uh, messengership, is he the most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes or no? Definite? But who was closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Jibreel ﷺ. This is just me playing the logical game. Okay? Playing the logical game that a person could come and argue and say, okay, so he gets the highest position, but that doesn't mean that he is the most beloved or the most unique or the most special or the most best or whatever. If someone wants yani, the best, yani, you know, we have phrases which is the best. There has to be a, a point to saying the word best, yes? Now, now think about this. This for me, this for me fits. And that's why I said that, that's why I translated it like I did. And that's what the scholars also want to try and express that not only does he get the very highest position, so he's the Ani, no one's going to go there. So that's the Ani, a common sense position of closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, but secondly, no one's ever going to share in his excellence. He is the best. And that's it. And Fadila, and Fadila, okay, I don't, I don't know if it comes out in that translation. You're saying it's not coming? You know when you've got translation you meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. Yep, this is where, because you're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A unique status with you, Ya Allah. Yeah. Um, you know, fadila comes from the word fadl. And fadl, you know, Pax will know fadl. Haza min fazli rabbi, yes? 
Right? Everyone says this is from the, the fuzzle of my Lord. Yani from the people, I think, generosity. صح? Is that what Pax tra- translate fuzzle as? I don't know why I'm asking you, Lord. <laughs> the worst Pax on this planet. Yani, no idea about the language at all. What, does, what, 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 what do you guys understand by, by fuzzle? Grace. Allah ke fuzzle say, right? Yeah, yani, due to Allah's mercy. We never translate it. That's I know you never translate it. <laughs> I know. You, I know. never translate it because they can't translate anything. Blessing but the blessing. Huh? blessing? I don't think blessing. Blessing. Bounty. Bounty. That's how it's understood, huh? Amongst the the cultural uh, use it in Somali. No, no. You see, I told you to turn your Arabic off. I'm talking about in your culture. No, the people they are working the house, the the blessing. So then they're using it in the in the blessing sense, okay? Which is interesting. It is interesting because let me tell you the word linguistically. You know, for example, when I when I teach pesa, uh, which obviously we'll be teaching next here, okay? Um, we have riba, uh, okay? And you have two types of riba. You have riba nasia, and you have riba al al fadl. Okay, now that doesn't mean, yani, uh, it doesn't mean yani the excellent type of riba, huh? uh, the blessed riba. Yeah, what do they call uh, riba in uh, Pakistan? Now they call it suit, man. They call it what do they call it? Prophet. Uh, they call it prophet. Exactly. What was the actual phrase? Huh? That's what I'm saying. They call it prophet. They call it sud. Sud is if they're like religious, okay? Like even in even in uh, in the Arabic uh, uh, countries, I think in the banks, what do they call it? If you receive interest, small amount. Faida. That's that's the phrase. That's the phrase I was looking for. Faida. Okay. You know, Subhanallah. The Prophet Sallallahu said that we will follow the Jews and the Christians before us. Yani, just yani everything. That's the way, way they translate the hadith. Is they just every single thing? You know, the Jews and the Christians are the first people, the Jews, I should say, um, that, that the riba was made haram for them, right? So they realize that. Hold on, this is we're going to miss out on a massive thing here because obviously there's a lot of money to be made off money, right? If I've got money and you need money, then that's a nice and easy way of making money. So uh, you know, it's rather inconvenient that our Lord Yani has prohibited interest. So how do we get around it? So what they did is they took a riba, interest, and they said, let's divide it. Actually, Allah doesn't really mean interest. Allah doesn't actually mean something which is more than the original sum. What He means is, is a lot of interest. What He means is a lot of oppression. But a little bit of oppression is profit. Yeah? It's profit. And that's, why, that's where the word usury and interest comes from. You see, in the normative banking system, they have that phrase. I think usury is actually banned. I think usury is illegal. Anyone? Anyone confirm that? I think I think usury is. I think. I mean. I, anyway, if it is or isn't, the, uh, they, of course they, they leave it without definition, so they can, they've got enough space to play with, right? But the, the point is, they call it. You know, a, uh, a large amount. So we're talking 20, 25%, that kind of thing. Right? It so, is. Huh? It 
Use your wristband. The definition, the action or practice of lending money at unreasonably high rates. Look how ridiculous a statement that is, yeah? The practice of lending money at unreasonably, that's the phrase that they want to put into the law because so that they can keep justifying from 1% to 3% to 10% to 15% because now the short-term loans and all these loan sharks and all these kind of, you know, these services that you see, they go wonga.com, they're dogs, yeah? Okay? Those especially, I can't stand those people. Oh man, they are my sworn enemies, right? Are you saying packs? Sort of like saying the small. Not just packs. Like, 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 like I said to you, society did this yani, in response to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them not to, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never ever differentiated between one penny and one billion pounds. Any increase upon the principal sum, any increase upon a, when you're when lending money, of course, if you lend someone money and, and you take back. And even one penny more than what you gave, that's interest. And it's impermissible. Okay? It's impermissible. And that is whether a thousand pounds extra or you condition it or not. Blah, blah, blah. This is obviously if you're insisting it. I don't want to go into that now, but that's obviously for that class. But I want you to understand just the concept of how they, that they divided it in. If a small amount of profit comes, then it is yeah, something which is okay, something which is needed. The, system, the economic system it depends upon it. Capitalism is successful. Banking would fall apart if it wasn't. Blah, 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 blah. And then they have this idea that, but no unreasonable. And that used to be back in the day, 18%, 20%. And nowadays, Wonga and all these boys, they've pushed that thing right out. And I don't know what they're charging at the moment. But they can, they, you know, they, they do this 20 and 25% and all this kind of crazy behavior. Much more? I don't know about, I, I don't know whether that goes into the original interest rate or whether that goes into fines and things like that. They're very clever, they've got ways of blagging it. But the point is that usury per se is something meant to be illegal. And not just illegal, it is impermissible to, according to Jews and impermissible according to Christians. That's how they, that's how they defined it. Okay, I gave a lecture on this. <laughs> this was really funny. Okay, if you want some nice uh, fun fact, I gave a lecture uh, on this at a in a in a place called in a, in a place called Switzerland, in a place called Davos in Switzerland, which is a gathering of all these bankers and financial folks and whatever. And this was at the credit crunch, or the or, or when they went into the subprime uh, mortgage, yani, uh, you know, scandal. And after they done all that, and the bankers were at the absolute, yani, you know, pits, yani, and enemies of the state and everything like that. There's this gathering of the world's top big bankers, and they're going around, yani, saying that, you know, we're going to recover, but we're going to have to change our uh, uh, realistic expectations for how much we can charge for interest, this, that, whatever. And I went on forward and I said, you see, here's the problem. I got, there's not a single repentant banker here. And I said, if you give this job to us, we'll deal with it. Oh, I was wicked. I felt like the king of all people then. Like, on the microphone? Are you kidding in front of all these people, bro? I was like, the people were cheering me, or the liberals were cheering me, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had hat on, thobe, this, that, nice looking, nice skinny and everything. Yeah? I was a sight. But no, good times, yeah. Nothing happened, obviously. They just said, uh, this Islamic extremist. <laughs> Oh my days! Anyway, so so obviously, uh, uh, so what I'm saying is that interest means uh, any increase up to 10, 15, 20 percent, and usury is 20 percent more, something like that. So the Arab banking system, which was developed before, I think the Pakistani kind of one, around the Asian kind of one, they called it faida. All right. So the permissible type of 
2% upon your account savings. What's the problem, brother? Open the account, we'll give you fa'idah upon your, your thing. But riba, no, no, we can't do riba. Riba is like usury. Yeah? And the Pakistanis is exactly the same. In Pakistan, sud is like riba. And a little bit is like called fa'idah. And there's a phrase that's on the back of my head, I can't remember now. You see it. I remember seeing it in an old bank account, Habib bank account in Pakistan. And I saw, I saw an increase and it had a phrase there, something like fa'idah or uh, munafa, munafa or something like that. From, from manfa'a. From, but anyway, the point I was making is that riba al-fadl, the phrase, right? It actually comes linguistically from the word fadl, which means excess. So when, a water, when, you, when you have a cup and you put the water in, so when it gets to the top and it starts to overflow, this is the fadl. This is linguistically what the fadl is, the excess, the extra. That's what fadl means. So linguistically, if we say cut the fadl, then it means get rid of the, 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 the rest and I want the asl. So a riba al-fadl, that is when we're talking about yani, a debt which then has an increase of any amount. So if you understand then linguistically the, the, the phrase to be extra and, and more and overflowing, then the superlative of this noun or the verb, afdal, means the most, which means the best. Does that make sense? So linguistically, the word even al-fadila, when we say, I'll give the Prophet al-fadila, it means that give him the best possible extra position. Give him the best possible extra position. So we have one, a physical position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and number two, a special extra unique status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that makes sense. وَبَعَثْهُ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا Okay, now uh, bring him or, 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 or make him come or bring him a ba'ath means to resurrect someone, yes? يَوْمُ الْبَعَثْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks in the Quran, the day of resurrection. So resurrect him, يعني, bring him forth uh, on the مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا Right? This praised maqam, this special status. And also what's interesting is that there are some narrations that try to say al-maqam al-mahmood, which makes more sense. The praise platform or the praise status, yani, by making a definitive the. But by saying maqam al-mahmoodan, you are just saying a praised, a praised state, a praised platform. Now that's kind of confusing because that would suggest that there are other uh, praise platforms, right? However, this is just um, following the Quranic uh, example. It is better and more authentic to say this dua, maqaman mahmuda. And you actually see, you know, when you or hear when people are making this dua, you will actually hear them say al maqaman mahmud, and that's incorrect. It needs to be maqaman mahmud. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He says. وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَتَحَجَّدْ بِهِ نَافِلَةً لَكَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the Prophet sallallahu alayhi that uh, from the night make a little bit of it tahajjud as a nafil for you as a extra prayer عَسَى Allah uses the word عَسَى أَنْ يَبْعَثَكَ رَبُّكَ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا perhaps your Lord will, will resurrect you upon Maqaman Mahmuda, a praise platform. There's an interesting point here to know from this ayah 
A couple of things. First of all, the nakira, the indefinite, has been used maqam and mahmudan, meaning a praise platform. However, we also know that there is only there is only one praise platform, so it is actually we can still translate it as the praise. But the, we're following the sirah of the Quran. We're following the uh, version of the Quran. The, the dua is another interesting thing is that asa, asa in Arabic means lest. Not less, perhaps, maybe. 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 Are you using less as maybe? Maybe wrong. Yeah. Like that. That's what asa means. Perhaps you're wrong, maybe you're wrong. And that's a very interesting point because that would suggest doubt, yes? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that pray to Hajjid, maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you a praise platform. What do you think? Yeah, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Asa an takrahu shay'an, wa huwa khairun lakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, perhaps you hate something, but it's good for you, and perhaps that you love something and it's bad for you. Perhaps, right? Is there doubt about that? So why would Allah say perhaps then? Even maybe, change, even change it to maybe. So maybe if you like something, it's bad for you. Huh? Oh, what about here then? What about here then? Pray then, pray that to Hajj at night time, as it will be a nafil for you. Maybe Allah will, will, will give you the praise platform. So the Prophet Sallallahu does he pray thinking, maybe I'll get this, maybe I won't? I don't know of any difference of any scholar on this point. Okay, and it's an, it's an, it's an interesting and a useful rule to remember that uh, maybe in the Quran, maybe, Asa always means certainly. Okay? This is one of those like, Quranic little rules. Okay? That whenever Asa appears in the Quran, then it always means certainly. What I put to Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, because Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, he started off his, his response, he said, some of the scholars say that whenever uh, Asa is mentioned in the Quran, followed by the name of Allah, so perhaps Allah will, okay, then it means certainly. And I challenged him, I said, that does the word Asa appear in the Quran without being associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He responded with the ayah in Baqarah, and he said that Asa an takrahu shay'an wa huwa khairun lakum, perhaps you hate something and it's good for you. I said to him, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking. So it's the same. What else do you think? Any other, any other examples in the Quran? No, 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 that's, that's, that's ma'asi. Wahal asaytum is ma'asi. Asa. I'm talking about, yani, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about, yani, the, the concept of maybe. This is not, yeah, it's not referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe this word is only for Allah. Yes, correct. Correct. Only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? So, um, 
Uh, now, okay. So what is this prayer station, guys? Anyone know? How can we give this yani, this phrase something different to the, the other two? What do we describe it as? <coughs> and allow him throughout to take his praise position that you have promised him. So the general intercession. The general intercession? Or the wider intercession. The wider intercession? You said... Go on. It should be... Ah. Praised position. But what is it there? His praised position. What do you think about that? If the, see, this is the this is the nightmare of translation and how and how it should be. I told you, right? That it is a praised position. Yet I translated it as his praised position. And for me, putting his and the I have no problem with. Even though the translated word is A. And there's a reason for that. And that is because no one else will have this position. No one else will have this position. And only he will. And that's why I'm asking you, what do you think this is? And when you see the answer, then you know why I put his. What do you think? Nope. Nope. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously it's been promised to him. It's, pro- it's, it's, promise, it's been promised By the way, that's also an interesting point uh, Of the dua Because the last phrase of the dua says That which you have promised him Where did he promise him? Asa huh? Okay That's also good, isn't it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran Maybe And yet in the hadith the Prophet said That I've been promised so even he, sallallahu alayhi wa understood that the maybe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an is an absolute certainty. That's his nice point. Uh, so what do you think? Yeah. What is the maqam of Mahmud? Is it a position or an ability to... What, what, what kind of ability? To intercede. To intercede. Uh-huh. The first intercession. <laughs> I like it. What is the first intercession? I don't even know what the first intercession is. The ulama they said, and I'm going to I'm going to translate something which I think is really nice. Okay, and it's a reminder for all of us that we remember. The answer is that yes, it is. It is the um, uh, let me just read what he says, uh, Sheikh Uthameen. Now. There is Allah, he didn't say Salawat of Abdul Salam, he said, they will be one of the, from the Ibad, Ibad, he didn't say me, no. but he said, I will be, inshallah. Yeah. 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 Y
he's like saying, why would the Prophet ﷺ be so doubtful about this position? Why would he say that yani, there's a position that's been, that uh, uh, it's a status in, in Jannah that has been given to a slave from the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope that I will be that person. Why didn't he say that I want to be that person? And again, it just shows his humility. No one else is going to get a chance of that position. No one else is going to get close to that. No one has been spoken and promised about the fact that his sins are forgiven. Those which were before, those which will come. No one. Yet his humility, has produced that. And you know, subhanAllah, it's very difficult subhanAllah, to, be, to achieve a level of humility when you know something for certain. Think about that. You know, when you know something for certain... And yet to be to be thankful, to be humble. I mean, that's that's you know. I mean, I pray certainly that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala doesn't test myself or any of you with that kind of fitna, because it's very difficult. When you when you look at the Prophet Sallallahu when he was praying and the famous hadith, praying to Hajjud, and his feet were swelling because of how long he was standing, and you know, Aisha's like, you know what's going on? You know, you've been forgiven everything, and should I not be a, a grateful slave? So should I not be a grateful slave? If you study that statement, okay, he didn't deny what Aisha said. That's the point, you see? He didn't deny, he didn't say, how do you know that my sins are forgiven? That's what Aisha said. What are you standing here for killing yourself over this? Your sins are forgiven back, old, previous, future, whatever, whatnot. He said, he didn't say, don't say that. He didn't say, that's not true. He didn't say, you know, that's disrespectful. He said, Should I not be grateful, Yani? That, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm saying that there is, that you, uh, 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 that, that's the test I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That you know something is, 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 is confirmed for you, mm-hmm. and yet to be humble at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, subhanAllah. It's difficult. But this is from his tawadah, okay? So this is what Shaykh Uthameen says. I'm going to translate all of this because I think this is beautiful. The Prophet ﷺ has asked us to say, to say for him that send, let he, let he be sent upon Yawm Al-Qiyamah on a praise status and a position that has been promised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this praise station, it encompasses all of the aspects of the day of Qiyamah. And, and the most specific of all those situations on the day of, the, of, of their judgment will be the great intercession. The great. The great intercession. And this is when the people will be trialed with a great uh, tribulation and depression and fear upon that great day. That which they are not able to handle anymore. So there's a level which they are afraid of, there's a level which they observe, and there's a level which they are yani, experiencing, and then the sun becomes closer, the heat increases, the water starts to, the sweat starts to drown the people, and therefore they can't handle it anymore. So therefore then they start to seek shafa'a intercession from Adam salam. Then they will go to Nuh salam. Then they'll go to Ibrahim salam. Then they'll go to Musa. Then they'll go to Isa salatu wassalam. And at the end, they will come to our Prophet Muhammad salatu wassalam. And they will ask him to make intercession with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he will intercede for them. This is the Maqam Mahmud. This is the praised status. Because the Prophets and the Messengers 
all of them will make excuses make excuses to not give the shafa'a. Either they will see إِمَّا بِمَا يَرَاهُ عِذْرًا Either because they themselves will think that something is, is disqualifying them, excluding them, such as Adam, Nuh, Ibrahim, and Musa, وَإِمَّا لِأَنَّهُ يَرَى أَنَّ فِي الْمَقَامَ مَنْ هُوَ أَوْلَى مِنْهُ so it's two categories, subhanAllah. The first category will see that, you know what? How can I do it? How can I do it? Adam alayhi salam will say, what did I do? Look what happened. And, and uh, Nuh will say what he will say. And Ibrahim and Musa, they will all think that, you know, our problems, our sins, our mistakes, this requires absolute cleanliness, right? So they, they, they put that forward. The second group or the second category is because they do not see an excuse to exclude them, but they believe that there's someone better for the job. And that is, of course, Isa alayhi salam. Okay? Isa alayhi salam, he himself is the one who believes that, yani, uh, uh, it's going to be the, uh, why are you asking me when we have the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And of course, why is it that the people, and I'm, I'm still translating verbatim, and why is it that the people will go to them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give this. Uh, uh, a concern of the people to go only to these four because these four are from Ulul Azim. Okay? Uh, 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 Ulul Azim, who are they? Who are they? Other than the Prophet, وسلم, it is Ibrahim, Nuh, Musa, and Isa. So, why is Adam included? Uh, uh, Sheikh Uthameen, he says that the four that they will go to are the mighty prophets Allah mentions in the Quran, and Adam is the father of all mankind. For who Abu al-Bashar, He is the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created with his hand, and all of the angels, they make sajda for him. And then look how they, each single one of them, will make a, a excuse, or give some kind of reason, saying that there is a barrier that they will believe that there's a barrier between them and the ability to actually make shafa'ah. They will all believe that what they have done disqualifies them from the ability to make the shafa'ah. They will be ashamed, yani. ashamed, not a word, right word. They will think that we're not worthy. Whatever the correct yani phrase is, which suits the prophets and the messengers, they will believe, even though that's not the case, they have been forgiven. Um, and that's why Shaykh Uthameen says yani, very nicely, Because of what they believe that they did, which disqualifies them from shafa'a, in their opinion, in their opinion, but notwithstanding the fact that all of them made tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remember the Prophet's mighty, mighty hadith that whoever makes tawbah from the sin, it's like he doesn't even have a sin. You know, so one who has made tawbah and he is with prophets, then khalas job's done. And then Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, 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 nice actually what Shaykh Uthameen says what he did was ta'wil yani you know all of these things that they all did was yani ishtihad from the companion uh, the, uh, from the, 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 the prophets it was not yani what we call 
uh, uh, mistakes, mistakes as such. Oh, my goodness. Questions, uh, a question is to be asked. If the Kanatul Wasila Hausila Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Fumil Faida, Min Anadu, Min Nadu Allah, Lahu Biha. If the Wasila is going to happen for the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what's the Faida then of asking Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala um, to give it? Nice, that's also good. Okay. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says something. Uh, oh, okay, I thought he didn't mention it. He mentioned it as well. <laughs> Sheikh Abdul Fadni took the, the applause. There's two reasons. Number one is that there's a very important lesson for us to remember to take by the asbab. Okay, the means. And, you know, uh, this is a point that I think uh, all Muslims will do really well to learn from. You know, we are, a relig- we are a religion and a people who believe in miracles, and this is a religion of miracles, but we mustn't yani, base our life upon miracles, if that makes sense. A miracle is something which is above and beyond the base. Uh, we don't depend upon miracles. You know, you know, if people understood just this point properly in their aqidah and their practice, there's a lot of, it's a, it's a game changer. Because you know, actually, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Let me take it right back. You know, the basic people, the ignorant people, in religion generally, across the board, they are people who live and depend upon miracles. Now that's a statement which might sound dangerous because we say, well, hold on, we are a religion of miracles and the Prophet ﷺ does miracles and the Quran is a miracle. Yes, but it's a miracle which we don't wait for. It's a miracle which we don't base our aqidah upon and it's a miracle which we don't stop acting for or trying to achieve. Does that make sense? So you'll see, for example, uh, the Christians, for them, baptizing their child is, is essential. It's the one thing that gets the job done and they expect that to be doing this incredible kind of protection throughout the rest of their lives. And you will see Muslims have a very similar kind of mindset. So when it comes to, for example, you know, these are people who don't pray maybe, Okay, I don't do anything from the outward aspects of Islam. Only Allah knows about the inner. But when it comes to the, ba- the birth of a baby, to say the adhan in the ear is like so important. I mean, beyond importance. They give the adhan a miraculous kind of uh, status, right? Just like, their, uh, just like their approach to Laytul Qadr. You don't see any single person in the masjid the entire year. But they come, and we believe Laytul Qadr, right? Laytul Qadr is a miraculous night. But you see the difference between us, the Muslims, the general Muslims of Ahl Sunnah, the people who practice Sunnah properly, is that, you know what? The Muslims don't depend upon Laytul Qadr to get to Jannah. If you're depending upon Laytul Qadr to get to Jannah, you're in big trouble. What if it's not on the 27th night? <laughs> That's crazy, man. You know? We're not that people. We don't do that. The 27th night is a is you've got to look at it like a bonus, but a massive bonus. Do you know what I'm saying? That's got to be the attitude. Not that you build your life upon it. You've got to be praying Fajr yani, on the first, and you've got to be yani, feeding people and fasting, and you've got to be looking after you know, your obligations on the seventh. And the 27th night is a bonus night, cash in, right? So th- there's a big difference in, like I said, mindset. It makes us weak. It's the same mindset that we have when raising children. And I gave a lecture about this before 
very, very common. People come to, their, come to the masjid, they bring their children, you know, when they're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, they've gone into drugs, they've had yani, girlfriends, boyfriends, they've got into then all the bakwas, whatever, and now it's like, Maulvi Sahib, sort my kid out. Because, you know, Maulvi's got this miraculous magic power that he will touch the kid's head and go, <laughs> and he'll be amazing, he'll become musalli, and he'll drop drugs, and he'll drop everything, and whatever. It doesn't work like that, you know? You've got to bring him to the masjid at that age as well, but you've got to start the tarbiyah at home early. And you've got to start making sure that you're involved in the kid's life early. There has to be actual effort. So I'm saying that this idea of miracles, by the way, it has a widespread, kind of wide-ranging, sorry, impact upon our psyche and the way that we think and our mindset. So we believe in miracles, but it's, not, it's important not to base our life upon the miracles. The miracles are meant to increase us in in. Uh, uh, and subhanAllah If you look at um, If those people Study any of the The miracles of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Or even Ibrahim Alayhi Salam Whatever Okay These are uh, That he requested from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala To show him These are to, not, not to Dispel Yani Doubt Or that I'm not doing anything I don't believe But it's always to add And to increase And to make even more Happy There's got to be something there does that make sense? Am I expressing myself, Yani? <coughs> yani, there's got to be something. Um, uh, uh, there's got to be something there. So, um, if we were to just say, "Well, hey, the Prophet Sallallahu if he doesn't have wasila, then who who does?" And if the Prophet Sallallahu has said that, I hope I'm that person that's going to get that position. So, you know, it's not gonna. He's not gonna not get it if I don't, you know, make that du'a. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What kind of uh, 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 what kind of kessel, what kind of uh, uh, um, lethargic, yani, uh, apathetic kind of uh, apathy and lethargy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a change of attitude as well. We have to be we have to be programmed to the mindset that du'a is really important. That du'a is what gets things done. Not that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will just yani, you know. Bang, and then we change the day like that. Bang, and then you get a good day like that. You've got to work for it. You've got to work for it. And this actually has a very important aqidah uh, implication. And to take it back even further, to take it back to its really raw roots, this is one of the big kind of differences when you saw the uh, aqidah debates between the various early groups, especially the Ash'aris, and those that were later Sufis, and then those that were more... Uh, towards an Athari Aqidah, those of which were the companions were more known for. And where is this point, where, 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 where does this point come from? This point comes from the idea of what is the value of action. You remember back in the day, in the early days, when Aqidah was being debated and being formed, that a lot of people were, were not sure about their status. Are we Majboor? Yani, the Jabar, the Jabariya Aqidah, are we forced to, Yani, uh, be who we are, or and we have to do things, or is it are we uh, uh, completely uh, completely uh, uh, imprisoned by the qadr? So therefore, you had the qadariya who said that you know what, it doesn't matter what you do, but you 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 know, pre- uh, uh, destiny is already set. So w- w- how are you going to change it? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has written it all. So you can go and do whatever you want. It's not going to change. So if you look back, and then obviously you look back at the murji'a, the murji'a believed. That, you know what, actions are not even part of Iman. One doesn't need to actually do things. It's enough just to say, you know, I believe. 
And as I say, you know, people look at these sects and say, 1400 year old, the only problems. I'm telling you now, most of our pack generation are murja. Most of them. If you were to say, most of our, our desi lot, do they pray or not? Alright? It's not. not. No, it's not. They don't. And what do they say when you ask them, why are you not praying? I'm a good guy. Islam's my heart. I'm this, I'm that. You know, they just say that, you know, my, 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 the standard, my clothes are polite, whatever, Allah knows. Allah is merciful. This, that, whatever. And, 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 I mean, it's a different language, but it's the original problem. It's the original problem of, of irja. So I just wanted to show you that when it came to the classical sects and how they differed with one another, when you study Aqidah properly, you'll find that it really does revolve around the concept of action and its status in religion. Does a person need to act? Is it worth it for our own iman? Does it increase if I can just say, I believe? And then a slightly different version is, why should I bother acting when it's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And then a slightly different version is the kind of like the monk stroke kind of Sufi who takes himself out of society and says, nothing's going to happen unless we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything is purified by everyone returning back to the prayer and so on and so forth. There's no physical action. There is no, it's not going to happen. No single way is that, are we going to get victory because they're bigger than us. They've got more than us. It doesn't matter what you do. No point making political awareness. No point fighting. Let yourself be killed. Let yourself be, we have to have people that are returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see, it all comes back down to action. And of course, Ahlul Sunnah, and this is the key, I'm making this point, they made a big thing of action. They didn't make action the be-all and end-all, because then that would be nonsensical. Yeah? Because when you make action the be-all and end-all, what do you get? What do you get? You get the, the, the modern-day progressive activists of today. Yes? So you see these people out there, they're kind of, you know, they're at the forefront of saying, you know, fighting free Palestine, this, that, whatever, but they haven't prayed a whole prayer a whole week. And then to miss one prayer is kufr. And to leave the prayer completely makes you kafir. You know what I'm trying to say? But they say, but it's about action. It's about action. It's about, yeah, and you look at those. And they say these things. They say, look at the hypocrites in the masjid. And they say, you'll, you, uh, you'll teach anything about the religion, you'll share one hadith, and they'll say, this is all these people do. And they call them, yeah, any, uh, uh, phrases like the scholars of menstruation and things like that. You know, because they believe that where, where did the issue of knowledge or the, the issue of other aspects come from? Why are you not in the streets doing this? Why not? They don't see the religion as a whole. And that's the problem of all these sects. They obviously all focus on certain aspects without taking the whole. Ahlul Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, they combine everything. They say that action is absolutely an essential part of the Aqidah. Qadr is an absolute fact which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written with us having complete control over our own actions and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what we will do but we are the ones who write our own future and destiny that's us who do that and that we are not forced into any action whatsoever because that would be unjust and that without action we do not get anywhere however action isn't everything isn't everything if we don't stop making sin and if we don't stop doing the haram and if we don't stop eating riba and if we don't stop yani backbiting if we don't stop uh, 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 withholding the zakah and if we don't stop yani breaking ties of kinship then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not send down his victory as Sayyidina Umar said that it's not yani out of your arms it's about the taqwa that you will have so Ahlul Sunnah combine all of them and it's very very important to understand and just this understanding is built upon understanding the answer to this question. If the Prophet ﷺ has been given the wasila, why should we make dua? Because you know what? Dua is what we do, that's why.
Dua is what we do. We understand its role in getting something done. And it's yani, from the asbab. Okay? And the th- second, th- second reason is what Sheikh um, Abdul Ghaffar said. He goes, even if it is done, we still want our reward, isn't it? The Prophet ﷺ did say that whoever makes this dua, he will get yani, uh, uh, shifa'a. So we want shifa'a. It doesn't matter whether yani, it is confirmed or not confirmed or done or not done or whatever. Okay. Um, good, yeah, good. It's also following the Messenger ﷺ. You don't have to think about something like that. It is, it is, it is you know, whether you understand it or not, he actually asked for it. Okay. Um, I'm going to do two things in the last few minutes. Number one, just going to mention a few things to close the chapter and then I'm going to give a summary of the things that we should say and that we should do with respect to the adhan. In terms of this dua, just to close off this dua, you will notice that um, we said, آتِ مُحَمَّدٍ الْوَصِيلَةَ وَالْفَضِيلَةَ وَبَعَثُ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا أَلَّذِي وَعَدْتَ and then you will see many people, they will say, إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ Alright? But this dua, it doesn't have إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ In the books of fiqh, it doesn't mention that, or certainly in the, the Hamri Madhab, it doesn't. So what's going on? Why is that? And the reason for this is because this uh, 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 phrase, this إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ It is an addition which was narrated by Ibn Majah, الله, in his Sunan. And the ulama of hadith, they have always traditionally differed over this extra. And it is my position, and I believe it is the correct position, not just because it's my position, but the majority of the muhaddithin and the majority of the evidence indicates that this addition is weak. So therefore, it was not stated by the Prophet ﷺ, and therefore, one should not say at the end, إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِعَادِ because it is not authenticated. However, there are some classical muhaddithin that did say that it is authentic. Alright? So what do we have? What do we do? So this is what we call a legitimate difference of opinion. When we have a difference of opinion like this, where we have some group of ulama that consider the extra to be authentic, and another group that consider it not to be authentic, what we say then is that whoever follows the position that they have, they will be rewarded for their position. They will be rewarded for their position. So if someone believes, but they have to believe. They can't just say, oh, my dad said, I'm going to say, you know, that as well. They should believe that, huh, I believe, I follow the, the scholars and alim who told me that this hadith with the extra is authentic. Therefore, I'm going to add it and I'm going to say it. Or you should say, no, I've looked at it and I know that this extra part is not authentic. Like in this version of Sahih Muslim. If you, this is in Sahih Muslim, this version, isn't it? And I read it. Was there in the No. He said that, he finished, then he said, whoever says this, then they will get my shafa'a on Yom Al Qiyam. He didn't say, So therefore, it is the position of the Hanabila and the majority of the scholars that this is actually fiqh and hadith scholars, that this part is not actually authentic. But if a person does, then we're not going to be harsh upon this person. We'll say, okay, at least he has a salaf, right? What we said before, he has a precedent when it comes to these <laughs> phrases. Um, the final page of what Sheikh Uthameen then says is, you want to make the other? Go ahead. Al 
So there are a few points that need to be uh, pointed out, and I think these are very important points as well. Okay, um, the first is the most important, and the rest, Yani, uh, I, I think, don't really affect our group so much. The first of them is that many people make the mistake. Uh, I don't want to say mistake, but they're not aware of the hadith. The Prophet wasallam said that say what the Mu'addin says, and then when he finishes, okay, then send salawat upon me, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send upon you ten, and then say, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wati tamma. And a lot of people don't do that. Okay? If you notice that when people hear the adhan, when the Mu'addin says, La ilaha illallah, then the people they say, La ilaha illallah, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wati tamma, right? And that's incorrect. A person should say, La ilaha illallah, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad. Okay? So the salawat upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa comes first. How does this happen? I think we covered it, yes? We covered it before, but again to remind you that the best way of giving uh, salawat upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is what we call salawat Ibrahimiyyah. Yeah? Which is Durul Sharif. Yeah? Pack version. Durul Sharif, right? So we say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad done done if you got the time then between the iqama and the between the adhan and the iqama you pray two rak'ah as we already discussed before if you don't then you at least make dua and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam ithnatana turaddan there are two things which are not rejected. They are not rejected, a dua and the nida. 
a dua which is made at the, after the adhan, and then the dua was end al bas at the time of fear when the two armies meet each other. The Prophet ﷺ also said in the other hadith, in the dua, la yuraddu bayna al adhan wal iqama fadu. That the dua between the adhan and iqama is not rejected, make sure you make it. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, as I said, uh, when they uh, say what the Mu'addin says and then ask and you'll be given. Um, to close up, to close up, um, when the, the, the Mu'addin says, As-salatu khayru min al-nawm, you also repeat that. There is no response to that which is authentic, okay? Even though in the madhab, the humbly madhab, when uh, a person says, As-salatu khayru min al-nawm, the humbly madhab says you should say, Sadaqta wa barard. Yani, and this is yani, some of the Arabs from other madhahib as well, they say that. But this is not an authentic hadith, and therefore you shouldn't say that. You should also say, As-salatu khayrun min an And also, another point as well, the mu'addin. In the Hanbali madhab, the mu'addin actually repeats after himself as well. The mu'addin actually repeats after himself. It's one of the key positions in the Hanbali madhab. But we said before that, no, that's not the case. Only if you are listening or hearing, do you repeat. The final point was iqama. I mentioned this last week, that does the mu'addin, uh, sorry, do we repeat after the mu'addin himself? Uh, sorry, do we repeat after the mu'addin who's giving the iqama what he says? Is the iqama treated like the adhan? And Sheikh Uthameen, he said no. And a number of the fuqaha, they said no. However, Sheikh Nalbani, for example, as one of them and a number of other scholars, they considered that the iqamah should be treated like the adhan. Therefore, a person would repeat after the one who's given the iqamah and include qad qamati salah to himself as well. And if he has the opportunity to make dua, Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wah after it, he should as well and treat it exactly like the adhan. But this is a difference of opinion, as I said. I mentioned this last week, that the reason that they're giving that is because of the way that how they understood what does the word mu'addin mean. What, say what the mu'addin says. Does this mean only to adhan, or does it mean to the iqamah as well? And that's a linguistic difference, and that's why we have that difference of opinion. Okay, So, I guess what I'd like to do is to summarize the uh, adhkar of, uh, of the adhan. What we should be saying, and what we should be doing when it comes to the Adhan itself. So, Bismillah. What happens is that the Mu'addin will stand and he will start giving the Adhan. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. As you, as the listener, you will repeat after the Mu'addin silently to yourself. If there is someone that you notice that is not doing it or has forgotten it and you raise your voice a little in order to, you know, just prod him a little bit, then that's something which is permissible. But in principle, it is done silently. So you will then repeat after him, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and then you will say it again. Then he will say, he will then make the tashahud. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. He will say that twice, and after each time, you will you will also say Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah quietly. Then he will say Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. He will then also say that, and you will also repeat each time after him quietly. After he has said these shahadatain, then you will say Radhiyallahu rabba wa bi Muhammadin rasula wa bil Islam dina. 
وأنا وأنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله. The hadith that we have covered today, you will say this at this moment before the muaddin says hayya al salah. If he is still saying, if he starts saying hayya al salah, you finish off your dhikr at this point. Then the muaddin says hayya al salah, hayya al salah. After each one, you will say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, hayya al falah, hayya al falah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. You say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. You will say again. He will say Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. La ilaha illallah. You will say Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Then you say la ilaha illallah. Once you have finished la ilaha illallah, the first thing that you will say. Is Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid that's what comes first the salawat salawat al ibrahimiyah or what we call durud sharif right that is what comes first then after you finish that then you ask for the wasila for the prophet sallallahu as he said that when uh, uh, that uh, uh, as I as I told you the hadith before, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in Sahih Muslim that I ask you to make du'a for me for al wasila. What is it, Ya Rasulullah? It is a position, a darajatun fil jannah that has been given to, uh, to only one person, li abdun min ibadillah, for one slave from the many slaves of Allah. Arju an akun huwa, and I hope that I will be that person. Please make this du'a. So he asked us. So we then for there said. اللهم رب هذه الدعوة التامة والصلاة القائمة آتي محمد الوصيلة والفضيلة وبعث مقاما محمودا الذي وعدت. That is the dua that you make. Then and finally, this is now time for you to make your own dua. You mustn't forget that. You mustn't forget that. All of these things are important. For example, saying رضي الله ربا in the middle of after the shahadatain in the middle of the adhan, the Prophet ﷺ said whoever says that his sins will be forgiven. That's number one. Then Allahumma Rabbah hadhi dawa tama, saying that after the uh, sorry, saying the the, the Durud Sharif straight after the Adhan, the Prophet said Allah will send ten times of salah or peace and blessings upon you. Number three, Allahumma Rabbah hadhi dawa. We ask for the wasila for the Prophet. What did he say and give to us in response? He said, Oblig- obligated upon me will be to make shafa'a for you. You will get the Prophet shafa'a. And then the fourth bonus is as the Prophet said. There, are, there is a dua between the adhan and the iqama. It is not rejected. It is not rejected. Fadu'u. So therefore make dua. The Prophet ﷺ was approached by the companion and he said to him, the, uh, the mu'adhineen, they took all the ajr. The people who are mu'adhins, you know, you describe them like this, describe them like that, they took all the reward. So what do we get? The Prophet ﷺ said, say what they say and then ask tu'ta. You should be given. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever you want. And you should be given. So that's what you say right at that beginning, right at that end moment, after you've made the dua, after you sent Dawood Dawood Sharif. Ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for anything that you wish. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will grant it to you. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to give the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam al al-fadila, and that He sends upon him and gives to him al-maqam al-mahmud, maqam al-mahmuda, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala promised for him. Jazakumullah khair. Inshallah, next week. Uh, there's no time for questions because it's the, 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 the time is done. But next week we will start the Shurut uh, al Ta'ala. That was the chapter of the Adhan and the Iqama. And I hope that you benefited bi Ta'ala. Jazakumullah khair wa subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayka. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.